RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Basilisk DNB, I just found a documentary from 1994 called The Clinton Chronicles. That's a great one. And yes, it is shocking how long we've known about this corruption. I had a friend just yesterday. He used to be a hater of Donald Trump, was excited when they stole the election in 2020, would not listen to me about any of the evidence of election fraud, just couldn't believe it. And of course, over the last three years, didn't take long for him to come on over to Team America. And yesterday he texted me and he said, my God, You have been right about this Epstein stuff all along. He said, how did you know? How could you possibly know? And I said, Derek, the information's been out there for decades. I'm not special. I just paid attention. Yeah, there are new Epstein files. There are new allegations you can see from the thumbnail. The gang is all here. We're talking about a late-breaking revelation from a witness, a victim of Jeffrey Epstein, blackmail video evidence that is in her possession. So sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, because we're going to be right back after this. My friends, gold is on the rise. It just soared past $2,000 an ounce. And the wars in Israel and the Ukraine, plus the rate cuts that are on the table, well, all of these things are working together to help fuel the meteoric rise of this beautiful, precious metal. And the top banks, Deutsche Bank, UBS, Bank of America, JP Morgan, all of them are forecasting sizable rate cuts coming up in the election year. And you've got the heads of the top financial firms pointing out the similarities to what we see in America now in the 1970s. Take a look back at 1979. At that time, we had the Iran hostage crisis. There was war in the Middle East and major U.S. cities were in disarray and stagflation. At that time, gold went from $158 an ounce in 1974 to $850 an ounce in 1980. Meanwhile, our national debt is skyrocketing even higher. There's a direct correlation between the national debt and the price of gold. Back in 2020, the U.S. debt was at $23 trillion and gold was $1,500 an ounce. Well, now in 2023, it's $33 trillion and gold is over $2,000 an ounce. Now, President Trump, he warned us the U.S. dollar no longer being the world standard will be our greatest defeat in 200 years. So you can call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. 
Remember to mention me, Zach Payne, and Red Pill News. And when you do, you will always get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you might be eligible for the no-fee-for-life IRA. It's available on qualifying rollovers, and to find out if you do qualify, give them a call today at 888-857-6092 and get your free investor guide today. Once again, Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for seven years in a row. Call them today at 888-857-6092. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, I have to say Monday afternoons are one of my favorite times to do this show. Because I'm coming back from a weekend, you know, we have Friday and Saturday, I don't do news on those days, and then Sundays, I'm off hanging here at the house, usually working on the house, and there's always so much to cover. It's like Mondays are the most difficult days to actually determine what I'm going to make this show about. Uh, Before we get into everything, if you wouldn't mind, do me a favor. Please hit that like button. Please hit the red pill. Tap the screen if you're over there on Getter or you're watching over there on Twitter, a.k.a. X. No matter where you're at, please, it would sincerely, uh, I would appreciate it. And the show would also appreciate it because it'll help us get the word out to more people. You know, like I said in the intro, I'm not special. I just knew about Jeffrey Epstein because I paid attention to that kind of stuff. And if we can get more people's attention on the real issues facing America and the children, the children are the future. And that's not just a saying. Whitney Houston, thank you very much. However, it is the honest to God truth. I also want to give a big shout out to Patriot Gold Group. Give them a call at 888-857-6092. Thank you to them so much for continuing to sponsor the program. Of course, we have some more sponsors later on in the show. But first, we're going to get into the news. Actually, you know what? I have a special treat for you guys. I've been meaning to play this particular song, this little rendition for like the last week. And and I kept running out of time. And so I told Lisa, you know what, today I'm going to open the show with this because there's something really, really special. This takes me back to my youth. This reminds me of just how important it is to be creative and to have a little bit of fun. You guys know we like to try to kick back and laugh just a little bit here because we're talking about some pretty terrible things. And today is no exception. Like I said, we have new Epstein files, we have new revelations, we have new pictures from Epstein Island, so this is probably going to be a good one to make sure that you share out with your networks. But before we do that, let's go ahead and jump right into this special rendition of the Talking Heads uh, by Donald J. Trump. Here we go.
Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. I love the Talking Heads. I grew up listening to the Talking Heads, and obviously we love Donald Trump here. And uh, I think that anytime they have Donald Trump singing any song at all, it just makes it that much more impressive. And obviously, I, I think that that is uh, is is. No, uh, uh, there, there's no no excuse for that. It has to be done. Uh, we have to listen to it. And uh, I do actually have that video that I tried to play at the end of the show this weekend. So we'll cue that one up for the end of the show. So let's get into the first part of the news. Now, if you are an Alaskan Airlines frequent flyer or if you tend to fly on large jumbo jets, 737 maxes to be specific, you may feel just a little bit of quaking in your boots. Over the weekend, there was a horrible, frightening incident that took place. A Alaska Airlines 737 MAX jet had to be grounded, and luckily all 174 passengers were safely brought to ground. But because a piece of the plane flew off, and not just any piece of the plane— but a large segment of the cabin, leaving the entire, entire fact, entire, <laughs> the entirety of this airplane open to the elements. People actually had to grab their things. They were getting sucked out of their hands. A kid almost got sucked out the window. And thank God nobody was sitting there because that would have been the worst spot on this airplane to be sitting on. Now, initially, it looked like maybe there was a problem with just this one Alaska Airlines 737 MAX jet. However, as an abundance of precaution, the FAA has grounded the entire fleet of 737 MAXs across every single airline. Now, no passengers were injured. That's so good. But there was some footage from it, and we are going to go ahead and watch it. Let me go ahead and pull this up on X, and we'll show you guys what this looked like from inside. Just a big old hole in the airplane. At least by now, the pressure has been equalized. I can't believe this guy is up and walking around in the midst of all this. Has anybody here ever seen Twilight Zone, the movie? Because that's the only thing that I would be able to think about. Yeah, I thought we were too. So this is the good news. Not even 20 minutes into their flight, 
which means that they weren't out over the ocean or something like that. It allowed them to turn around pretty quickly and just head back to the airport, ground the plane. Uh, but can you imagine how many people on that plane probably needed to, to change their underwear uh, after this piece of this plane just flew off? There were nobody injured. Uh, and uh, as a result of the grounding of this aircraft, it's going to give the FAA and also, uh, you know, Boeing the opportunity uh, to examine exactly what happened. This particular plug was made by Spirit Aerosystems. Uh, and this means that 171 flights are going to have to be grounded. 71 planes. I'm sorry. I don't know how many flights that equals across all airlines. Uh, but for me, this definitely gives me a little bit of pause uh, about flying in the future. And y'all know I got to fly on uh, on Thursday morning. I'm going to be flying out to Irvine to uh, Orange County for GART 3.0. And I really hope that nothing like this happens. Now, I'm luckily going to be on a much older, much smaller plane. This is not a, uh, a big jumbo jet. So uh, I think that the planes that I'm going to be flying on probably have a, a little bit more of a safety record. 737 Maxes are a fairly new aircraft. Uh, and as we know, there has been a significant decrease in quality in so many different products out there. Uh, Boeing used to be uh, a paragon of American excellence. Uh, you knew that if you flew on a Boeing plane that you were most likely going to be safe. There were a couple of mishaps here and there, but generally it's due to user error, which means that somebody in the cockpit did something wrong. Doesn't mean they screwed up. It might have been uh, as a result of uh, some uh, electrical uh, uh, issues or something like that, gremlins, as they say. Um, but uh, the uh, the stock market, upon hearing this news, uh, reacted violently. Boeing shares crashed uh, and they crashed hard. Uh, they dropped about 19 percent in pre-market trading. And by the time that uh, everything was said and done, they dropped another 8.4 percent. Uh, so Boeing is not looking like they're in a very good position. And they've also done a lot more uh, business with China in recent years. And I don't know if it, that has anything to do with it. Um, but this certainly does not bode well for air travel here in the United States of America. Just thank God nobody was hurt. Uh, now, if you had an opportunity to see President Trump speak over the weekend, he spoke in Iowa. We've got the caucuses about to come up. I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I'm going to say that President Trump is going to sweep the Iowa caucus in record fashion. Uh, it's going to be very clear that everybody else who is running needs to drop out of the race. We had an interesting tidbit coming from J.R. Majewski on Saturday when he was here for the January 6th panel. He suggested, without saying directly, that Vivek Ramaswamy's likely job after he drops out of the presidential race could potentially be running the RNC. Now, for those of you out there who don't trust Vivek, that may seem like a bad idea. But coming from me, knowing my relationship with JR and JR's personal relationship with President Trump and the campaign that President Trump is running, I'm going to tell you right now that I believe you have absolutely nothing to worry about. We could not have a better person than Vivek Ramaswamy other than Donald Trump himself running the RNC, uh, because what Vivek would do would be to implement the America first plan into the the party as a, a national whole, and it would significantly change things going forward. Obviously, you can't do much worse than what we've got right now. Mitt Romney's daughter has been an absolute 
disaster. She is a, a horror show, and there's really no other way to say it. Um, but for those of you who don't know, don't trust that uh, Donald Trump knows what he's doing uh, in this instance, uh, or you don't believe me when I say that Vivek is working for Team Trump, all you have to do is just allow this to play out. Someone is going to be running the RNC. Chances are it's not going to be the person you pick. Uh, so we just have to allow it uh, to be put into God's hands and trust that we're going to be changing things in a very fundamental way very, very soon. And Ronna Romney McDaniel is going to be out of a job. Now, let's look at this clip from President Trump speaking over the weekend. Now, a lot of people in the wake of the 2020 election were very upset with President Trump. We've spoken about this on so many different occasions. He had far more power at his disposal than he actually put into use in the waning days of his administration. Uh, and, of course, he was accused by so many in government and uh, in the, the media of actually committing insurrection, trying to take control of the government. But he was already the president. What was he going to do, overthrow his own government to ensure that he stayed in government? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And President Trump is overcoming that, not only with the people, but also it's being decided in the courts right now. The SCOTUS is going to is going to solve all of that for us. But President Trump made an interesting comment, and it's something that I said in the wake of him leaving. The only reason that I could rationalize to myself, you know, besides, you know, putting aside devolution, putting aside any, you know, secret plan that's been hatched in place, President Trump left the White House and he allowed Joe Biden to move in. Okay, he didn't try to hold on to power. He didn't implement the Insurrection Act. He didn't put the military on the streets. Many people were like, that's a violation. President Trump was derelict in duty. He allowed this to happen. Well, how much more derelict in his duties would he be if he held on to power and it caused a civil war? Uh, we said right after the inauguration of, of, of Biden took place, the, 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 uh, the residency began, that if President Trump would have stayed there in the White House, he may have been able to hold on to power. But the, the question is, at what cost? And President Trump intimated as much during his speech in Iowa. So let's go ahead and take a listen. It's amazing when you talk about, like, the election. It's a conspiracy. There's no conspiracy. They spied on my campaign. You say that. This is a conspiracy. But we have all the evidence. We have all the proof. I wish we had an attorney general that would have been better than Bill Barr. Bill Barr was he was a coward. He didn't he didn't want to do what he should have done. And, you know, it's OK in a certain way, because nobody thought that you should ever do. You rip the country apart when you get into that stuff. Nobody's ever done that except this guy, this guy, because he can't he can't talk, can't put sentences together. He has no idea what's going on. And it's probably the only way they can win, I guess. But I don't think that's going to win. And so far, you know, it's so essentially if President Trump would have held on to power, if he would have forced the issue before the American people were ready to hear it. It would have essentially caused a civil war. It would have been brother against brother, neighbor against neighbor, state against state. And believe me, there would have been people within the federal government who did everything in their power to try to depose President Trump and force him out. And if that would have happened, well, then he would have been branded a dictator for all eternity. 
And that's exactly what the deep state has tried to label him as, some sort of authoritarian monster, suggesting that President Trump was going to hold on to power. Well, you know who's actually doing that? It's actually the deep state bad actors in federal government. That would be Joe Biden, Barack Obama, and the ilk. Those people will and have done anything within their grip to stay in power and remain in power. And in 2016, we broke the system and we put an outsider in Washington, D.C. In 2020, we broke the system again, but they had an infrastructure in place to ensure that they could cheat and to shove Donald Trump out. Now, he could have proved it. He could have allowed everybody to see by seizing the election equipment, bringing it in, doing an independent analysis. But the mainstream media never would have believed it. They would have said Donald Trump stole the election from Joe Biden. And then we would have had four years of misery in a different sense. This way, Donald Trump walked away. He gave the deep state ostensibly what they wanted, although I do believe that there were safeguards that were put into place to ensure that nothing truly terrible would happen. But, of course, the economy took a hit. People's bank accounts took a hit. Uh, You know, generally speaking, you know, everything is a mess right now. And that's not because of Donald Trump. And the American people see that. And that's what we needed in order for Donald Trump to be able to come back and successfully fix this broken system. He had to show the American people. He couldn't just tell them. And for four years, we tried. We told them every single day, Donald Trump is not the enemy. The deep state power brokers are the enemy. Washington, D.C. is the enemy. The Uniparty is the enemy. And it wasn't enough. There were clearly many people in America who believed everything they saw about Donald Trump in the mainstream media. Well, now the number of people who still feel that way is exceedingly low, and it gets lower on a daily basis. So Donald Trump proved our need for him by stepping out of that White House and handing over whatever power it was vested in that office to Joseph Robinette Biden and allowing him and his ilk, the deep state swamp rats, to essentially bring America to its knees so that Donald Trump can walk back in there in November of this year. <clears throat> well, technically in January, but he'll we'll walk into the ballot box in November and it will be a resounding yes to bring back the one man who truly cares about America. Now, also in that time, it has fortified our efforts to continue to educate people, to make things better, to really bring about change, not only at the national level, but also locally. In our states, in our neighborhoods, within our own lives, we are better people for having been forced to face these seemingly insurmountable odds over the last several years. And Donald Trump did not abandon us. Okay, Donald Trump safeguarded the nation by not forcing the issue and allowing it to come out gradually, allowing Biden to destroy and reveal himself in his true face and allowing the deep state to do exactly the same. So I would argue that we are actually in a better position now as a nation in terms of our relations with one another. And still, the only way they can stop him is by cheating. And they tried in Wyoming. But luckily, a judge in Wyoming has dismissed this complaint that once again sought to remove President Trump from the presidential ballot because, of course, he is the leading Republican candidate. Nobody else can come anywhere near him. And, of course, 
It's all about the third section of the 14th Amendment. Once again, it is garbage. It is BS. Now, this lawsuit was overseen by Judge Misha Westby. And on Friday, she di- she dismissed it. And it was brought by a retired attorney by the name of Tim Newcomb. And, of course, they use the exact same arguments they've used in these other states, Colorado, Maine, Connecticut, you know, anywhere that they've actually tried to do this. Uh, Colorado and Maine are the only areas that they've had any sort of movement. But even in those states, President Trump is going to be on the ballot. Okay, I mean, we've already hit the deadline for names to be on the primaries in both of those states. The orders are stayed. The Supreme Court is going to take it up here very soon, probably this month, and then everything is going to be solved. Now, if you'll remember, this complaint about the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment it would bar President Trump and Senator Cynthia Loomis from appearing on the Wyoming ballots uh, unless Congress moves that such a disability by a two-thirds vote of each house should uh, be allowed to go on. But it argued that President Trump failed to uphold the Constitution the constitutional transfer of presidential power under Article 2, Section 1. The argument itself is moot because Joe Biden was inaugurated. President Trump handed over the keys to the White House, or at least he left the building and then Joe Biden got locked out. That's not Trump's fault. Uh, But Secretary of State from Wyoming, Chuck Gray, who was a defendant in the case, expressed his joy with the dismissal of Newby's repugnant lawsuit in a press release that he released. And he also slammed similar efforts that have been undertaken to get Trump off of ballots all over the country, uh, people working nationwide to try to stop him. All of them will not be successful. Uh, Now, what's interesting is that uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, was on a ABC George Stephanopoulos program over the weekend. And uh, she was talking about these state efforts to remove President Trump. And she actually stated that the states should have the power to overrule the Constitution. Now, what's really interesting to me here is the legal argument that she's making. It seems to me that they are opening the door for states, all of the states, to start making their own decisions and to take on a greater level of sovereignty. But she's talking about overriding and overruling the Constitution of the United States of America. And George Stephanopoulos was absolutely floored to hear her say that. Let's go ahead and take a listen. If you believe he engaged in insurrection under the plain meaning of the 14th Amendment, you believe he's ineligible to be president. Those laws, those are up to the states. They have different laws from state to state. I don't think he should ever have been president. But nonetheless, the... Uh, that uh, there there is a view of the constitution in article 14 section 3 that he should not be uh, able to run for president but that's not the point the point now is um that again different states have different laws we don't think in california that it it applied uh in our state that's what the decision was made here but anyway not to go into that because that's very intricate what is very clear is that the american people want us to honor our oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. So here's the thing. Nancy Pelosi is making the argument that states' rights should have preference over the Constitution of the United States of America, the founding document with by which the states and the union itself 
would not even be held together. It is a ludicrous argument, and the Constitution should be and is meant to be the foundational law of the land. So Nancy Pelosi and her ilk are so desperate to keep Donald Trump off the ballot that they are willing to usurp the Constitution. You know what that sounds like to me, guys? It sounds like an insurrection. At the end of the day, it sounds like an insurrection. So I don't know what her plan here is other than to try to stop President Trump in any way possible from getting on the ballot. Those efforts, again, will be unsuccessful. Donald Trump is the Republican candidate. He is the leading candidate of all candidates of any party here in the United States of America, and he will be president. He will be president again. He has essentially had the opportunity to run a shadow presidency the entire time Joe Biden was living at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Donald Trump had more power than Joe Biden. Okay, Joe Biden is a figurehead. He's a puppet. He simply was there to do whatever his handlers were telling him to do. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is touring the world. He's going to every state in the nation. He's connecting with the people. He is becoming more powerful and more popular than ever before. There's a reason they call it a populist revolution. Now, in Georgia, President Trump and his legal team have also filed a number of motions seeking to dismiss dismiss Fannie Willis's case in the same way that Nancy Pelosi would see states usurp the Constitution and essentially just not abide by it in any way. Fannie Willis here has always been a problem, not for Donald Trump, but for herself and for the people of Georgia, because she has usurped her responsibilities, her very powers as a county prosecutor. The motions that President Trump have filed argue for a dismissal based on due process grounds, double jeopardy grounds, and then also, of course, presidential immunity. In this claim, President Trump says in his immunity filing uh, that uh, this is a bid to dismiss the federal indictment that was brought by special counsel Jack Smith over the alleged election interference in 2020. And, of course, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals is set to consider this tomorrow. This indictment, it says, in this case, charges President Trump for acts that lie at the heart of his official responsibilities as president. The indictment is barred by presidential immunity and should be dismissed with prejudice. Trump's attorney also argued that the statements to the public on matters of national concern, especially matters involving core federal interests, such as the administration of a federal election, lie in the heartland of the president's historic role and responsibility. Now, I predict that when President Trump comes back, we will also see a major overhaul to the system of checks and balances that we have here in the United States of America. I know that the states themselves oversee their own elections, but there's nothing that says that we can't have another set of eyes taking a look at it to ensure that the states administering those elections are doing it in a way that is free and fair and in a consistent manner with a free and fair election. President Trump has filed three persuasive, meritorious pretrial motions 
seeking a complete dismissal of the indictment and thus an end to the Fulton County District Attorney's politically based persecution. Also also still pending is President Trump's First Amendment as applied challenge, which seeks the same relief. So he's got four motions for dismissal at this time. The deadline for filing pretrial motions in that case is today. And Trump and his 18 co-defendants, having been indicted back in August for these alleged efforts to overturn the election uh, under Georgia's RICO Act. But President Trump announced earlier today he would attend oral arguments in Washington, D.C., considering his presidential immunity appeal in the federal election interference case. Now, if they decide at the federal level that President Trump had presidential immunity, all of these other lower cases go away as well. Of course, I was entitled as president of the United States and commander in chief to immunity, President Trump said on Truth Social. I wasn't campaigning. The election was long over. I was looking for voter fraud and finding it, which is my obligation to do so and otherwise running our country. President Trump would have dismissed his rights and responsibilities as president, he would have completely shirked his duties if he had not been looking into whether or not the election of 2020 had been stolen and in every single way it may have been stolen. And it was. This was not a free and fair election. President Trump won. And there's no other way that you can really come to any conclusion unless you are willfully deranged and belligerent. Andre says, Zach, did you watch the Cat Williams Shannon Shea podcast episode? It was absolutely phenomenal. Cat exposed so much of the corruption in Hollywood. Definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it, Chad. Uh, Lisa and I watched um, about a 30 to 45 minute uh, highlight reel from it. And yes, it was. Uh, uh, it, was, it, was it was definitely something that, uh, that you guys should see because Cat Williams pulls no punches. Uh, he's talking about uh, he, he mentioned Jeffrey Epstein. He mentioned uh, Chris Rock having gone to the island. I'm sorry, not Chris Rock. Chris Tucker. Having gone to the island, he, he was talking about uh, these satanic pedophiles. I mean, he, he had a lot to say. So, yes, I would say it's a it's a must watch as well, especially if you're a Cat Williams fan. So as President Trump has essentially been campaigning ever since he left the White House back in 2021, Joe Biden's only just now started campaigning over the weekend in Valley Forge. He delivered what was essentially a state of the union speech that was combined with his very first election speech. And he told nothing but lies. He spit innuendo and invective. He made allusions to the character of President Trump and those who support him. And obviously, Joe Biden is speaking in that manner. He essentially cast aspersions on the vast majority of the country. He also told a bald-faced lie when discussing January 6th. He said that he and Dr. Jill went to the funerals of police officers who were killed on January 6th. Now, I don't know if Joe Biden is just reading off of a cue card or if he actually believes that, but I can tell you proof positive there wasn't a single police officer who died on January 6th. There was at least several who died in the wake of January 6th, but I think those people were arcincited. They were alleged suicides. And then Officer Brian Sicknick died from a stroke, which was not due to any of the events that took place on January 6th. However, there were four Americans who did die, namely Roseanne Boyland, who was crushed to death and suffocated by the Capitol Police gleefully. 
There was also Benjamin Phillips and Kevin Greeson. They died in the crowd. And then, of course, there was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot summarily without warning by Officer Michael Byrd. Now, Officer Michael Byrd made no effort to try to subdue Ashley or to uh, throw her into cuffs when she started climbing through that window. There was no indication that there were any guns in the crowd. There was no indication that anyone was there to do malevolence or violence towards the Capitol Police. The Capitol Police had the upper hand. There were also government agents outside of that room, that hallway that Michael Byrd and those other Capitol Police officers were standing in. Now, no one on the outside made the effort to stop Ashley Babbitt before she climbed through that window. And no one on the other side made any efforts to do anything other than murder her as she was climbing through that window. There were no police that were killed on that day. And so Joe Biden needs to be reminded about that, that the only people who died on January 6th were these four American citizens. Now, in the wake of this next, excuse me, this last anniversary of January 6th, which was, of course, on Saturday, the U.S. government through D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves has revealed that they are now going to be targeting thousands of Americans who were not inside the Capitol, but who were merely present on the Capitol grounds that day. These are people who showed up for a rally. Uh, There were tens of thousands of people there, and I don't know how they're going to decide which ones are going to be the ones to get arrested. Uh, But Matthew Graves had this to say. It's been three years since a violent mob attacked our Capitol. No, it's been three years since... Millions of American patriots showed up to Washington, D.C. in a constitutionally protected fashion with permits to hold rallies on the grounds of the Capitol. Uh, People who showed up to merely make their feelings known, to demand our government redress their grievances. Those were the people who showed up in Washington, D.C. The ones who were the violent mobs attacking the Capitol, those were FBI agents Those were confidential human sources. Those were Antifa that were in the crowd dressed as Trump supporters. Those were Ukrainians who were flown in probably by the CIA. And there were probably any number of other infiltrators within that crowd that were there at the behest of a number of different intelligence agencies and perhaps even foreign governments. Now, those were the people who did the violence. Those were the people who led the protesters through the Capitol. I watched an interview with uh, um, Clay. Oh, what's his last name? Uh, I'm, I guess I'm sorry. I can't remember his last name. Clay Higgins. Clay Higgins and Tucker Carlson. Clay made an excellent point. The Capitol building is like a labyrinth. OK, when you go into the Capitol building, you have to have a guide with you at all times because there's no signs or anything like that. It doesn't say go this way to go to the Senate chambers or go to the House chambers or go to Nancy Pelosi's office. It doesn't give you directions. You have to know your way around the Capitol building if you hope to find yourself going anywhere meaningful. So on the inside, before Trump supporters came in, there were probably dozens, if not hundreds of FBI agents, law enforcement officers posing as Trump supporters who helped open the doors because those doors are meant to withstand a nuclear blast. Okay, they are magnet locks. There's no way to open them unless somebody opens them from the inside. 
and they led Trump supporters into the Capitol building. Once they opened those doors, people began to pour through because there were many bodies out there, millions of people pushing and pushing and pushing. So the only way they could find their way around is if agents were inside leading them to where they wanted to go. So they come in and somebody says, hey, I know where Nancy Pelosi's office is. Let's go take a shit in there. And then they lead them that way. Hey, I know where the House Chambers is. Let's go in there. Uh, I know where AOC's office is. Let's go to AOC's office. Nobody knows where those things are except for people who have been in the Capitol building before. And probably FBI agents, confidential human sources, and other intel specialists who were told exactly where to go and where to bring protesters. Now, 99% of those protesters simply walked in, they walked through the velvet ropes, and they walked out the other side. But there were some who did some stupid things. There were some people who were caught up in the moment, overcome with emotion. There were others who were working for the government, and those people ended up following their lead. It was really unfortunate. And some of those people have been punished. Some of those people are going to be punished, and some of those people will never be punished. The ones who are working for the government will likely never be punished. I know they said they're going to put Ray Epps in prison for six months, but I would be very surprised if Ray Epps ever saw the inside of a jail cell. I would think that they would probably publicly announce that Ray Epps is going to go away, and, and then who, who would know? How would they know? Ray Epps gets to go back to his trailer in Arizona, and he's none the wiser. Nobody's none the wiser. But it's an election year. Joe Biden has made his entire platform about the uh, uh, overcoming the MAGA terrorists. And so in order to keep up that facade, the federal government has announced that they're going to be arresting thousands more peaceful protesters for exercising their First Amendment rights on January 6th, 2021. He said an important note about those who remained outside the Capitol building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion and to primarily focus on those who entered the building and those who engaged in violent or rough conduct on Capitol grounds. He said the DOJ is now going to be targeting these thousands of Americans who did not enter the building. But if a person knowingly entered a restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. Make no mistake, thousands of people occupying that area were not authorized to be present in the first place. Uh, despite the fact that there were permits that were given to a number of different groups to hold no fewer than eight to ten different rallies on the Capitol grounds. You see, Ray Epps and his team, they were the first ones to arrive. They got rid of all the barriers. They got rid of the signs. There was nothing to indicate that the millions of people at their backs were not supposed to be in that area. The Capitol Police folded real quick. They ran back to the building. They allowed for those people to breach that area. And the rest of the people who showed up, they had no idea that anything had ever taken place. Matthew Graves' press conference, of course, is coming hot on the heels of Joe Biden's speech at Valley Forge. He said, since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for assaulting the Capitol. More than 900 have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. What a miscarriage of justice. You compare the events of January 6th to the events of the summer of love, 
And it, it, I don't even think anybody got one year in prison for the things they did. They set cop, car, cop cars on fire. They set the Secret Service guard shack on fire. Something like 40 different federal agents were, were injured in some fashion or another. None of those people were punished because those are the people Biden is hoping is going to vote for him. These three people, however, are not. These three people are being used as a weapon. They are being weaponized and having their actions on January 6th use against them. This is a campaign tool for Joe Biden. Three January 6ers were arrested here in Florida over the weekend in a pre-dawn raid. And the FBI executed these warrants at a ranch in Groveland, Florida, in Lake County. Uh, The FBI said the subjects were taken into custody uh, are three fugitives, Jonathan Daniel Pollack, Olivia Michelle Pollack, and Joseph Daniel Hutchinson III. Their court date has been set for January 8th. That is, of course, today. We don't have any further information about it. Now, they called them fugitives. But to my knowledge, these people were just living their life for the last three years. According to the criminal complaint, Jonathan Pollack has been accused of charging the police line, jumping over other rioters to attack police officers, and pulling two police officers down the steps. They also say that he punched two police officers in the face and held an officer's neck in a choking action. His sister is Olivia. She reportedly removed her ankle monitor after she was indicted on charges related to January 6th, and uh, then she disappeared before her trial. So I guess they've been looking for her for some time. Uh, And then Joseph Daniel Hutchinson, they claim, began directing punches at the faces of officers that were standing in the line. Now, the two other co-defendants in the criminal complaint were convicted at bench trial, and they were already sentenced to federal prison. But Joshua Christopher Dolan and Michael Stephen Perkins were their names. Uh, Dolan has been sentenced to 18 months in the federal lockup, and Perkins was sentenced to four years in federal prison. So right now we've had more than 1,000 January Sixers that have been arrested. Now, I don't know if anything that these people are being uh, accused of is realistic to what actually happened on that day. But I can tell you that if Joe Biden in the deep state can use anyone from D.C. Uh, in, in, a, in a campaign ad, then they're going to. And believe me, these people are going to show up. Now, in President Trump's speech in Iowa, he also made commentary about the January 6th hostages, the political prisoners. And he said, in no uncertain terms, release the January 6th hostages. Let me see if we've got a clip here. Yes. Let's go ahead and take a listen. And we're not going to stand for it. And all of that stuff is going to be written out on day one. It's all going out. You know the steps when you make your speech in front of millions of people and you're making the beautiful speech, looking down to the white. That was one of the great scenes I've ever seen. Uh, By the way, I think J6 had an equal amount of people. It's the biggest crowd I believe I ever spoke to. You never hear about that, do you? You have the hostages, the J6 hostages, I call them. Nobody's been treated ever in history so badly as those people. Nobody's ever been treated in our country. And we're not going to stand for it. And all of that stuff. Release the J6 hostages. Allegedly, this is one of the first things that President Trump is going to do when he comes into office to offer pardons for these people. I just want to remind everyone that here we are three years later, you know, and and the FBI still has yet to find, arrest, and charge the D.C. pipe bomber, the man who left pipe bombs at both the RNC and the DNC. Three years on, 
all of the expense and manpower that these people have spent to arrest peaceful protesters and some non-peaceful alike simply for the benefit of their 2024 campaign. But they can't find the person who arguably could have done the most damage on that day. In 2024, where every single move you make is recorded in a million different ways on your phone, the FBI couldn't find that person. Why? Because they accidentally deleted the data. That is very convenient. You know what I think? And I've said this before. I think that the pipe bomber on January 6th was one of those federal informants or federal agents, somebody working for the same deep stat, deep state plants that were working to set the events of January 6th in motion. That's why they can't find him. They tweeted it out on Saturday. If you have any information, $500,000 reward, one half a million dollar reward. If you've got information about the D.C. pipe bomber, because we can't figure it out. <laughs> you think anybody believes that? No, nobody believes it. We, we know you guys are ineffectual. But you're not that ineffectual. There's absolutely no reason that person should not have already been arrested. Well, there's one reason, and that's if they didn't want him to be arrested. Probably because they know exactly who he is. Truth Digger says, I love your show and dedication to reporting the truth. Well, thank you very, very much, Truth Digger. I appreciate it. Thank you so much to Thick Ray as well, who says, hashtag the truth is loose. Tucker Dixon says, favorite band, favorite president. Amen, amen. And then Tucker says, please start referring to Joe as Dementia Joe. Yeah, you know, I, there are so many nicknames, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I can't stick with one uh, in, in its entirety. I like calling him the resident. Netfolks1, thank you so much for the can. And then Nikonze, good to see you, buddy. Thank you for the shades. All right, so Mike Pence has ruffled a lot of feathers today. This is in reference to these brand new arrests that are going to be coming out and the arrests that have happened up until this point. Uh, Mike Pence was appearing on CNN and uh, he said that uh, the FBI did not contribute to the January 6th Capitol protest. Now, this is in direct opposition to what Clay Higgins has said. Congress has done their their own investigation. Clay's uh, committee has done their own investigation and they have come to the conclusion based upon the evidence Following the leads, following the data where it goes to come to the conclusion that there were hundreds, hundreds of FBI, hundreds of confidential human sources, hundreds of agent provocateurs that were in the crowd on January 6th. Those hundreds of agent provocateurs is all that was required for things to go bad. Thank you to Penny. Good to see you, Penny. Is that boob Pence still running for president? I'm surprised he can't sense our disdain. I don't know if he is. I don't know if it's real because, I mean, he hasn't been debating or anything like that. Uh, and it seems like he should have dropped out by now. I guess we're going to find out soon. Wait, didn't Pence actually? He 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 uh, he canceled his campaign. I'm pretty sure he ended his campaign. Yes, because uh, he said, you know, it's it, God said it's not my time. Well, no shit, Sherlock. It hasn't been your time. It's not going to be your time, son. Sit down, Mikey. So Mike Pence was on State of the Union with Jake Tapper, and uh, he claims the FBI didn't contribute to what happened on January 6th. And he actually cheered the arrest 
of more than 1,200 Trump supporters. I think John and I are going to talk about this a little bit tonight because so many people, so many people are like, F Pence. Pence is a traitor. I I, I take a more measured approach. <laughs> he said, I, I've heard the, the many repeated assurances from the FBI that they were not involved, and I take them at their word. Oh, my God. The FBI, they told me the truth. Finally, after all this time, after all the spying on the Trump campaign, after the cover-ups for Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, you're going to hear about that after the break, after all of the cover-ups for Jeffrey Epstein, after all of the cover-ups for their own crimes, the manufacturing of terror here in America simply to justify their bottom-line budget, the persecution of American citizens, the overreach and the dismissal of our civil liberties, the wholesale fire burning of the Constitution of the United States of America. No, this time the FBI told me the truth and I take them at their word. He said, I've seen the director of the FBI repeatedly assure the American people that the FBI were not the instigators of the riot that occurred on January 6th. And frankly, I'm very grateful for the efforts of the FBI to bring nearly a thousand people to justice who rang, who ransacked our capital and did violence against police officers that day. Well, they, they didn't bring nearly the right people to justice. They have gone after the low hanging fruit, the people who were caught on camera, the people who were inside the building. Not everybody who's been arrested has actually committed violence against the police. Now, I'm going to say this. If you believe that Mike Pence has and remains loyal to President Trump, then perhaps these statements are designed to incite as much anger against the FBI as they are probably inciting within you right now. For anyone knowing what we know about the Federal Bureau of Investigation And the way they cover up for the deep state, for anyone to hear Mike Pence say these things, it simply reinforces what we already know in our hearts about the FBI, that that bureau is crooked from 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 top to bottom, from stem to stern. Okay, you're going to find a, a couple of straight arrows here and there, but it's the bureaucracy of the FBI and it's the people who are willing to continue working within it, that refuse to do and say the right thing because they'll be destroyed. They'll probably be arcancited at the end of the day. Mike Pence said he's pleased that more than a thousand mostly peaceful President Trump supporters are locked up in the D.C. gulag. I believe everyone that conducted that riot at the Capitol needs to be held to the fullest extent of the law. I'm pleased that many have. Now, Clay Higgins, of course, who I was speaking about earlier, he said there were at least 200 FBI assets who were operating in the crowd, posing as Trump supporters, inciting violence and leading peaceful protesters to various areas of the Capitol building. And as more video comes out, I believe we're going to continue to see that. And it's going to be more and more obvious. We already know. Okay, we've done the research. We've seen the evidence It's quite obvious the FBI is crooked. The FBI is corrupt. It needs to be removed and it needs to be replaced. That will happen in President Trump's second administration. But before that time, in the same way President Trump had to show the American people how crooked our election system was, 
In the same way President Trump had to show people how broken the system was, in the same way that President Trump had to demonstrate how bad the wrong leadership is for the safety, security, and future of this country, the American people as a whole need to demand that something be done about the FBI in the same way we're demanding that something be done about the election system, about the crooked deep state uniparty that is currently and has for a long time run Washington, D.C. and the nation. Those people that are running the FBI, that are holdovers from past administrations, that are quite literally communists, that are in power for their own power, that are working to stop Donald Trump. Those people are the deepest scourge on American sovereignty in the history of this country because they masquerade as something good. They masquerade, they pose as something beneficial to the U.S. Meanwhile, things are just falling apart. What laws are they enforcing? Maybe ones that you are subject to, but not the ones their friends in Washington, D.C. are subject to. They don't care about them. They don't care about what they do. And evidently, they don't care about the D.C. pipe bomber either because they haven't made any sort of progress. You know, they've caught a lot of people throughout the years. That one should have been the easiest one. 100%. 100%. The easiest bust ever. You know what else is going to be easy? Making Cassidy Hutchinson look like a lying SOB because that's exactly what she is. And finally, in the same way that Republicans in Congress are using their power on these committees, Mike Johnson releasing the January 6th footage, something like 44,000 hours worth of footage. It's coming out. It's continuing to come out. House Republicans are asking Cassidy Hutchinson uh, to produce some sort of evidence uh, related to her testimony, her dog and pony show that she put on for the January 6th committee. Uh, They have set out to demand that she preserve and produce all records and materials in her possession related to January 6th. You would think that there might be something in her records which could corroborate her statement and show that she wasn't totally lying. But the thing is, she was, and there won't be. Cassidy Hutchinson is not going to be able to do or say very, very much to prove anything at all, because she is a liar. All right, now, we need to take a break for the second half of the show. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about the latest leak from the special counsel's office. So we'll be back in a moment. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot-owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the Carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. 
It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, welcome back. Hicks, replace Hicks, you sound vaccinated. And I would hazard a guess and say you are, if you're even a real person. Otherwise, you're probably on the payroll of whatever federal agency-directed non-governmental organization is sent out to disrupt the truth and freedom movement. So you can say whatever you want about whoever you want. It's America. God bless it. Even you have the right to be a stupid idiot, a freaking moron. So just keep it up because come November, you'll see things are going to change. The only stupid people that I can recognize at this moment are the ones who are running Washington, D.C., because they're running America straight into the ground. And this latest revelation, this leak coming out of the special counsel's office is designed to drive a wedge between two of the smartest men in America. That would be Dan Scavino and President Trump. So the New York Post is reporting based upon a leak coming out of the special counsel's office that Dan Scavino has, in fact, turned his back on Donald Trump. He has, quote, defied the former president and opened up to federal prosecutors about the behind the scenes machinations on the day of the Capitol riot. Now, you and I both know that Dan Scavino is one of President Trump's oldest and most trusted confidants, someone who has been with him for decades at this point. Dan Scavino has not turned on President Trump. He hasn't revealed anything that is damaging to President Trump. This story is designed to cast doubt upon Dan Scavino's loyalty and honor. And I believe that Dan Scavino has both in spades. And so I'm not worried about whatever it is the special counsel's office is saying, because we don't see documents. We haven't seen any testimony. We haven't seen any statements coming from Dan Scavino. All we see is rumor, innuendo and invective. That is made to put the pressure on Donald Trump and Dan Scavino's relationship. But Dan Scavino, being a mastermind of 4D chess, someone who is very close to President Trump, he's right there alongside him. And there's nothing the special counsel's office can say that President Trump and Dan Scavino haven't already discussed or that the special counsel's office is, is going to be able to use effectively to destroy that relationship between Dan. They don't want Dan Scavino back in Washington, D.C. because they know how important he is. Running President Trump's social media strategy? Well, we live in a social media dominant world. And President Trump and his social media is on the tongue and lips of every single American citizen. You love him or hate him, and you want to know what President Trump is posting. And uh, you, Replace Hicks, being here in the audience when you could be out doing literally anything, watching something you enjoy. Instead, you want to go somewhere around people that you can't stand to be surrounded by information that you don't believe like your life must suck. 
It must be so difficult to go home at night and look yourself in the mirror and say, I have nothing to live for. My only pleasure is going on Rumble to Red Pill 78's channel and talking mad shit about things I really don't know anything about. I hope that you glean some useful information while you're here. And I hope that you recognize that by the time November rolls around, you're going to be begging for Donald Trump to come back. And if you're not an American, well, then you got no business telling us what you think anyways. I'm sorry. I take that back. If you're not a patriot, because we have plenty of people from other countries here who understand what's at stake. This is not simply the future of America. This is the future of the entire world. That's why you see a populist revolution taking place in European nations across the globe and a number of other European other nations as well, including Latin America. So special counsel Jack Smith has allegedly uncovered new details about President Trump's so-called inaction. Now, that's inaction. We all know that President Trump told everybody the day before to be peaceful and patriotic. We know he told people the day of. We know that Twitter had to delete the video and the tweet because it went and flew in the face of their narrative that President Trump was doing nothing. But President Trump told supporters on January 6th to peacefully and patriotically protest, as is our constitutional right. Former advisor, well, senior advisor to Donald Trump, Dan Scavino, uh, allegedly has helped Jack Smith's team uncover previously undisclosed details about President Trump's refusal to help stop the violent attacks on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Okay, so why did they approve the use of the National Guard in advance of January 6th? Why was it that Nancy Pelosi actually made the decision not to put the National Guard on the streets? That would have stopped everything. That would have put everything cold in its tracks. But... The new details that are alleged from ABC News uh, come from the questioning of Dan Scavino, who started working for President Trump as a teenager nearly three decades ago and is now the senior advisor for President Trump's reelection campaign. It said Scavino wouldn't speak with the House Select Committee, uh, the unselect committee on January 6th, after a judge overruled claims of executive privileges last year. But he did speak with Smith's team, and key portions of what he described were sent to ABC News. Sources said Scavino told Smith's investigators that the violence began to escalate that day. Trump was just not interested in doing more about it. Was just not interested is an isolated string of words in quotations That obviously has been taken from a larger passage. We don't know what Scavino is saying Trump was just not interested in doing. This, again, is misdirect coming from Jack Smith's office because he is desperate to stop President Trump in the same way the rest of the deep state swamp rats are. Now, sources also said that former Trump aide Nick Luna told federal investigators that when Trump was informed that then Vice President Mike Pence had to be rushed to a secure location, Trump said, so what? Secondhand innuendo. Okay, we have no idea if President Trump actually said that, but even if he did, so what? Like, buck up, buddy. Pull your panties up, will you? According to sources, Scavino recalled telling Trump in a phone call the night of January 6th 
This is your legacy here. And there's smoke coming out of the Capitol. I believe I actually heard Dan Scavino had said that previously. Uh, But that doesn't mean that he was telling him that it was his fault or that he had done something about it. Uh, If I remember correctly, those those closest to President Trump wanted him to send the military in and uh, shut it down in a really uh, spectacular way. But President Trump gave that authority to other people and they refused to engage in it. So President Trump allowed it to play out. And here we are three years later. And uh, it sure as hell is playing out. Now, I mentioned earlier the unceremonious murder of Ashley Babbitt. And uh, over the weekend, it was announced that her mother is suing for $30 million in a wrongful death lawsuit against Michael Byrd, uh, the trigger-happy cop who murdered her that day. Uh, I sincerely hope that she gets that money because she deserves it. Uh, and nothing will bring back the life of her daughter, uh, her she and uh, and and Ashley's uh, widower, her husband. Uh, they're going to forever live with the uh, the horror of what happened that day. And thirty million dollars uh, is uh, is is going uh, not far enough, if you ask me. Uh, now, I'd like to get into the uh, situation taking place on Epstein Island, because we've only got about 23 minutes left, and I wanted to end with this story. But first, it was revealed over the weekend through leaked documents coming out of Media Matters that their number one supporters are mega donors from the Democrat Party. So replace Hicks in the chat might be one such paid troll that is here as a result of Media Matters and their Democrat mega donors. Back in 2017, it was first reported in David Brock's Media Matters playbook. We discussed it here on the channel uh, after it was accidentally leaked online. And after President Trump's election, they were in a panic. Uh, They laid out their plan of how they were going to engage on social media and on the Internet and out in the regular media. And, of course, George Soros has his money in it. Uh, And with this access to raw data from a number of social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter and Google, plus the power and connections inherent in those companies and their relationship to media matters, it allowed them to influence their understanding of what is and isn't, quote, fake news. Obviously, fake news to media matters and uh, all of these Democrats is, is anything that they disagree with. But they said at the time, Media Matters has already secured access to raw data from Facebook, Twitter, and other social media sites. We have also put in place the technology necessary to automatically mine white nationalist message boards and alt-right communities to our archive. We will now develop technologies and processes to systematically monitor and analyze this unfiltered data. They continued by describing how they were going to be funding and manipulating these social media platforms into thinking that they need their help, probably through the same sort of disingenuous efforts they just uh, used against Twitter uh, by creating white nationalist accounts and then giving the information, the screen captures to these social media companies. Uh, Now, they are being funded Uh, through networks that are working to eliminate conservative content from their platforms. And that includes people who are paying the majority of donations for Democrats and their political action committees all across the nation. Uh, And if we take a look at this influence map, uh, the Columbia Journalism Review influence map, you can see 
Uh, All of these left-wing media sites, they make up a significantly larger portion of the online influence than conservative sites do. Now, that was 2016. This may be a very different map if we were to look at it today. Uh, And if we take a look at this map from 2017, it shows all of these various conservative sites that were nuked by Facebook and other social media companies, likely at the behest of places like Media Matters, because Media Matters, in the same way that the Democrats don't like to compete on a, pl- on a fair playing field, Media Matters cannot handle competing on a fair playing field as well. All they do is get you deleted, they get you banned, they get your bank accounts shut down, and then you find yourself completely isolated in your own little portion of the internet. So the top donors to Media Matters that were Listed in a recent report that were filed in New Mexico are Deborah Simon. She donated $4 million. The Gill Foundation, they donated nearly $3 million. Joshua and Anita Birkenstein, $1.75 million. Stephen Stilberstein Foundation, $1.9 million. And Susan Thomas Buffett Foundation, $1.75 million. Now, Media Matters doesn't have to disclose this stuff. And so it's always been a question of who is actually paying the bills for these people. Well, now we have a really clear idea of who these people are. And I would say that every single one of these people needs to be dug on. And we need to expose as much information about them as possible. Now, this may be one of the reasons that Media Matters has always been so afraid of the contents of the Epstein information, because as we've seen quite often, the major Democrat donors and the big money dogs of the Democrat world and some within the Republican establishment as well are very keen on hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein and partaking in the chat in the trafficking of women and children. And that includes some of the biggest Democrat moneymakers in the world at the Clinton Foundation, Bill and Hillary Clinton. So we got a couple of additional releases from these Epstein documents. And the biggest bombshell takeaway is that there are allegedly blackmail sex tapes of Bill Clinton, which clearly identify his face. And it sounds like there are blackmail tapes that exist of other rich and powerful people, people who often pump money into elections in an effort to sway the direction of the country, both politically and ideologically. So these documents contained 17 new releases. Judge Loretta Preska revealed them once again. These ones, uh, well, excuse me, the first ones, just as a reminder, uh, detailed Ghislaine Maxwell's recruiting efforts, uh, Prince Charles, excuse me, Prince Andrew's abuse of trafficking victims, and of course, Bill Clinton's penchant for young girls. And then the second stash came out on Thursday. According to those documents, uh, one Epstein victim who was a minor teen dubbed Jane Doe three said she was trafficked to prominent American politicians uh, to obtain potential blackmail information. Now, we've figured that this was the whole reason Jeffrey Epstein's organization was in place in the first place. Likely, it was also why the FBI and other intelligence agencies were protecting him is because Jeffrey Epstein was actually running these blackmail operations, giving the information to the FBI and these intel communities, and then that allowed them to run these politicians like assets. Now, according to testimony 
We also found that computers from Epstein's Palm Beach mansion were removed before the FBI had the opportunity to search the property. Once again, the FBI really coming through in the pinch. The new documents today revealed that we have alleged sex tapes of Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and virgins Richard Branson. Now, this is the first time Richard Branson's name has been revealed in these documents, but it's not the first time it's been suggested that Richard Branson has been involved with some big wig pedophiles. If I'm not mistaken, he also hung out with um, uh, uh, the Canadian guy, too, the Canadian Epstein. I'm, I'm having uh, trouble remembering his name right now. But take a gander at this. This is a direct quote from the testimony of one of the victims. Peter, Peter, Peter Nygaard, Peter Nygaard. When my friend had sexual intercourse with Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson, they're not specifying whether it was all in the same occasion or if it was three separate occasions. Sex tapes were in fact filed on each separate occasion by Jeffrey. Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson's faces are all clearly identifiable in the alleged tapes. Now, if those tapes simply existed out there and someone was talking about it, that would be explosive. I think we all assumed that big stack of hard drives that were taken from Epstein's Palm Beach and New York City apartment, we figured that that was blackmail material on there. However, it gets worse. Thank God she managed to get a hold of some of the footage of the filmed sex tapes, which clearly identify the faces of Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Branson having sexual intercourse with her. So that means that the victim herself was able to spirit away with that footage, identifying three very powerful people. Now, in July of 2022, that's when Gateway Pundit joined this webs joined this lawsuit uh, to file the motion to intervene and get the documents. And that's why they continue to get this information uh, almost uh, before other people. Uh, also, we also have evidence from the same testimony that Hillary Clinton uh, not only knew about what her husband was doing, but she actively worked to cover it up along with federal agents working on Hillary Clinton's behalf. So get a load of this. According to this witness, Sarah Ransom, Hillary Clinton sent her henchmen to intimidate the friend who got that footage off the island after having sex with Bill Clinton, Richard Branson, and uh, Prince Andrew. And she went to the police in 2008 to report that she had been forced to have sex with Bill Clinton, Richard Branson, and Prince Andrew, and that it was on video. Pepe Lepede says, please don't use the phrase, take a gander at this when talking about the Epstein files. Why not? <laughs> uh, is there some uh, uh, underlying uh, uh, meaning behind it that I, that I don't know about? Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, in speaking about the rapes that she endured at the hands of Bill Clinton, Richard Branson, and Prince Andrew, the forced sexual interaction – the human trafficking that she was forced to engage in as a result of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein's blackmail ring that they were running to get dirt on people like Bill Clinton, Richard Branson, and Prince Andrew. She was made to feel like a dirty whore and a liar and wasn't taken seriously. Don't know which police department she went to, uh, but it sounds like that police department did not take her seriously. 
A couple of months later, after going to the police, probably because the police alerted the federal authorities, she was approached by special agents, some men who were sent directly by Hillary Clinton herself. Now, they didn't just show up at her house. They showed up to protect her presidential campaign back in 2008. So this was probably sometime mid-2008 after Hillary Clinton got word that this girl had gone to the police. They intimidated her. They actually physically assaulted her. They roughed her up and she got photographs for evidence. And then she was forced to sign a confidentiality agreement, which ensures that she can never come forward to publicly implicate Bill Clinton in these crimes. Now, also, according to the witness, the friend was given a substantial payout directly from the Clinton Foundation to keep her quiet. I hope she got a copy of that check. And I think that we should go back and look at 2008, all of the financials that the that the Clinton Foundation was forced to file and see if we can't find a substantial payout to an individual person. So given that substantial payout paid directly from the Clinton Foundation to keep her quiet, she is 1000 percent certain and I am 10,000 percent certain that the FBI did a cover up. And she has the individual names of those special agents that were involved in intimidating her. This girl is very lucky to be alive. She was then forced against her will into signing that legally binding confidentiality agreement on Hillary's behalf for eternal silence. If she breaks this agreement, she is dead, the witness said. She also said she's seen the footage of Clinton, Branson and Prince Andrew having sex with her friend. It's also been backed up on several USB sticks, and she has sent a kill switch out just in case something happens to her. She said, unfortunately, I cannot send you the footage without her consent due to massive consequences to her safety. But I can confirm to you that I do have footage in my possession. I've backed up the footage on several USB sticks and have securely sent them to various different locations throughout Europe with only one other person close to me knowing where that location is or where they are just in case anything happens to me before the footage is released. Now, the woman also alleged that she had consensual sex with Donald Trump at Jeffrey Epstein's New York mansion on regular occasions. However, that claim has been retracted. Now, here is the interesting part of this. None of us believe that Donald Trump ever went to Jeffrey Epstein's New York mansion and was having sex with girls. There's only one woman who said that, and that's this woman right here. She gave a deposition where she was uh, had her face obscured. But since that time, she has retracted her statement about Donald Trump. Now, here's what I think happened. I think that back in 2008, when Hillary Clinton's federal agents went to make her sign this confidentiality agreement, Uh, I think they also, as part of it, told her that she had to implicate Donald Trump. Maybe they didn't say it back in 2008, but when Donald Trump announced that he was going to run for president, they said, now is the time. We need you. You're activated. Go make a statement saying that Donald Trump forced you to have sex with him at Jeffrey Epstein's New York apartment. And by the way, you can't mention Bill Clinton because we're going to kill you. Uh, Let me see. Penny says, Zach, breaking news, explosion in Fort Worth. Okay, I'll pull that up in just a moment. Thank you, Penny. Let me grab that link. Copy that. Okay. 
Uh, President Trump's spokesperson said these baseless accusations have been fully retracted because they are simply false and have no merit. There's also the, the, the chance, the strong possibility that Hillary Clinton's federal agents told this girl to say this and then retract it, knowing that it was false because it would make anything else that she said uh, be called into question, because obviously President Trump never forced anybody to have sex with him. But I think it's safe to say that Bill Clinton probably did. Uh, hang on just a second. Let me pull this up here and uh, we'll see what happened. Explosion in downtown Fort Worth leaves at least 11 injured. Happened at Sandman's Signature. The hotel is located near the city hall. Debris was seen outside the building. The facade had been blown off. There was an explosion downtown. There was a plume of smoke higher than the skies. We are currently working at major incident. Please avoid the downtown area. A witness reported seeing people coming out of the, ho- the lobby with bloody faces and seeing them in gurneys. Barbara Jacobs told the newspaper she normally walks past the building when I heard there was a boom in the middle of the street to see firsthand. Oh, my God, it was the scariest thing. But there is no indication as to what exactly happened. Um, yeah, so we're going to have to keep an eye on this one to see what happens with that. All right. Now, next, also having been revealed today are new pictures of young girls from Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island. We have a 2006 photograph of uh, looks like four young women that were unsealed by the Southern District of New York. Obviously, we don't know how old they are from this photograph, but they are all fairly young looking. Uh, Let's scroll down a little bit. Uh, Looks like. um, Sarah Ransom, that witness who said that uh, Hillary Clinton's federal agents were sent to her friend's home back in 2008 to force her to sign that confidentiality agreement there in this picture. Uh, Let's see here. All right. So these are some of the photographs that were revealed. We've got various females on the island in 2006, including Nadia Marcinkova. Nadia Marcinkova was the Eastern European girl that Jeffrey Epstein got when she was very young. And then uh, he basically turned her into a pilot after she was too old for him to rape anymore. Here we have four more sets of photographs of various females on the island. This is a different picture with Nadia Marcinkova. Uh, we have another one, including Nadia Marcinkova. Uh, we have one here of uh, Little St. James Island with Ghislaine Maxwell. Here's another one of Ghislaine Maxwell. She's looking at her phone. Oh, God, you know what? This was 2006, so she must have had a BlackBerry at that point. Uh, let's see. We have four more here, which include Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell with Jean-Luc Brunel. He was the mm, French model scout who would uh, trick these young girls into uh, working for Jeffrey Epstein or being trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Here we have a number of women in Jeffrey Epstein's home on the island. Uh, We have Jeffrey Epstein with a male friend in 2006. No idea who that is. Here is a photograph of the woman whose testimony was revealed in that uh, information that we were just talking about. This is Sarah Ransom in 2006 on Little St. James Island. I believe she was of age at the time. Uh, And that is all from the Epstein documents. Let me just make sure that nothing new has dropped since we've been on the air because it would be a pity to miss any of it. Um. No, nothing new has come out. 
Oh, good God. Joe Biden spoke at an all-black church in South Carolina, and it went about as as well as you thought it would go. Um, First of all, before we talk about Joe Biden, well, no, let's just talk about Joe Biden starting the civil rights movement. So first of all, Joe Biden went in to speak at this church, and he was actively shut down by uh, a whole group of pro-Hamas protesters. Uh, In the midst of his speech— Uh, where he uh, once again completely lied about uh, his involvement with uh, civil rights and uh, freedom in America and relations with race and stuff. Uh, He was shut down by a group of pro-Hamas protesters. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, take a look at that because it shows you how the nation feels. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Look at him. Look at his face. He looks like a deer caught in the headlights. He does not know what to do here because he doesn't have anything to come back with. If it's not on the teleprompter, if it's not on his notes, he is completely and utterly lost. Now, one of those things that was written on his teleprompter uh, was uh, this right here. He said, I've spent more time in the Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware, than most people I know, black or white have spent in that church because that's where I started a civil rights movement. Yes, Joe Biden uh, probably single-handedly, along with Bill Clinton, did more damage to the black community of America than anybody else claims to have started the civil rights movement. Joe Biden was pro-segregationist. Joe Biden was uh, pro-everything related to keeping blacks and whites away from each other. Joe Biden also was really good friends with Robert Byrd, who is a grand dragon in the Ku Klux Klan. This is the same guy who told Charlemagne back in 2020 that if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. You ain't black. That's right. Take a listen to this. Uh, In 1987, Joe Biden falsely claimed he marched in the civil rights movement and eventually had to drop out of the race because he was exposed at that time. He finally admitted that he lied about marching in the civil rights movement. Once again, he's been a lifelong racist and a segregationist. Uh, Remember a couple years ago on the campaign trail, he said poor kids are just as talented as white kids, meaning that only blacks are poors. Uh, He said, we have this notion that if you're poor, you can't do it. Poor kids are just as bright and talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. He stumbled uh, and recovered pretty well on that one. Uh, Yet Joe Biden had a personal friendship with exalted Cyclops, Robert Byrd. And here he is. There they are holding hands. Joe Biden with his fist in the air. Holding hands with Robert Byrd, the world-famous Ku Klux Klan member. Now, as a result, 
of Joe Biden's history and what he's done to the country, President Trump is on track to win more black votes than any other Republican presidential candidate in history. It's not just black votes. It's going to be all votes. President Trump is on track to win more votes than anyone else in the history of this country. Mark my words. That's what's going to happen in November. It's going to be an overwhelming landslide for President Trump. We're looking at maybe 14 to 30 percent of the black vote here in America. Back in 2020, he only had 8 percent of the black vote and he still won. Now, He's going to have many, 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 many millions more. This is coming out of the Pew Research Center. The NAACP has estimated that 5 million African-Americans voted in the 1960 presidential election when Richard Nixon won 32 percent of the black vote. Now, since then, the black population has increased from around 10.83 percent or 19.4 million people from to 13.6 percent or an overall population of about 46, 47 million people. So the black voting turnout has slightly increased in presidential elections from 58.5 percent of eligible voters back in 1964 uh, to 2020, where it was 58.7 percent. So that means if Trump wins more than 13 percent of that vote share, He will gain the highest proportion of black votes since Nixon did in 1960 and more individual black votes. Now, in 2020, Joe Biden allegedly had 92 percent of the black voters. The black vote is what they say helped him in places like Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin, where he secured 88 percent of the black vote in Georgia, allegedly in 2020, uh, but only won by 11,779 votes or 0.24 percent. So this is a critical voting block that must be on board with supporting President Trump. And they will because President Trump has been democratized all across America, meaning He is now an everyman. He's not just some wealthy guy from New York who had the ego to get involved in the presidential race, spend his own money and usurp the election. No, no. President Trump is every man, woman and child in America who loves their country and the people who vote in this country, the living people who are going to get up and cast a ballot in November are going to vote for President Trump. Nobody's voting for Joe Biden. And I'll tell you what. Democrats are taking notice as much as we are. Now, Michelle Obama is sounding the alarm. She says, I am terrified about what could possibly happen in 2020 because Joe's poll numbers continue to plummet on a daily basis. The the United States is losing favor all around the world. Michelle Obama showed up on a show called uh, Jay Shetty's On Purpose. This is a a podcast. Uh, And she made comments that uh, are likely going to put out some speculation on whether or not she's finally going to get her hat in the ring to run for president. Now, I don't believe that if Michelle Obama runs for president, that simply means that black America is going to jump out of their seats and choose to vote for her just because she's black. People saw what Michelle Obama did in uh, the White House when she was there with Barack. They have seen the pictures and videos of her since that time. Michelle Obama likely has a penis. So I think that matters to a lot of people. Uh, Not that you know, she's just somebody with a penis. But I mean, you know, it, it goes to your character uh, when you, you can pull one over on, on the eyes, pull the wool over on the eyes of so many people in the United States of America. So Michelle Obama, I think, is the candidate to watch out for. I've been saying this for a long time. Gavin Newsom is the dark horse. He might get into the race. 
But J.P. Morgan is predicting that Joe Biden's going to drop out between Super Tuesday and the November election due to health concerns. Now, my question here is if he jumps out of the race too late, then how are they going to print the ballots to be able to put Michelle Obama's name on it? Because the deadline will have long since passed. So at that time, that may be an opportunity for the deep state to print as many ballots as they could possibly use to try to stuff and get Michelle Obama onto the ticket. Uh, the uh, surprises coming out of this uh, uh, this this uh, prospectus from J.P. Morgan, uh, they are predicting these top 10 for 2024. Number one, the U.S. dollar remains stable. We'll see. Uh, number two, the DOJ and FTC are going to win a big antitrust case. Who against Google? I don't think so. President Biden withdraws somewhere between Super Tuesday and the November election, citing health reasons. Biden passes the torch to a replacement candidate named by the Democratic National Committee. How funny would that be? The people won't even get to choose him. The driverless car backlash is coming. And the rest of these are just nothing big at all. Fredo says, you keep accidentally referring to Michelle, to Michael as a her. Misgendering is bad. Okay. Michelle Obama has a penis. Yes, I keep misgendering Michelle Obama. It's just force of habit. But yes, thank you, Fredo. Uh, so, you know, while Hamas protesters were blocking Joe Biden from speaking at the uh, historically black church, uh, they were also causing security concerns all over New York. Hamas supporters blocked three bridges and the Holland Tunnel, essentially backing traffic up into New York City in a really, really bad way. They blocked the Brooklyn Bridge. They blocked the Manhattan Bridge. They blocked the Williamsburg Bridge and the Holland Tunnel. So that was this morning. I think people were probably having a difficult time getting to work. It meant that uh, the communist revolutionaries who are trying to disrupt America and the most fundamental aspects of what are required to keep her running – sowing chaos all across the country, uh, it is forcing the people of these areas to take a good hard look at uh, how much damage that person, that protester is going to do when they hit their bumper. So the organizer of these blockades is the Palestinian Youth Movement, and they put out a press release demanding the dissolution of Israel. We will unblock your bridges and your tunnels if you just end Israel. Okay, great. Because the people who are in charge of making sure those bridges and tunnels move smoothly have a whole lot to do with the creation of Israel and ending Zionism. This is one of the stupidest things I have ever seen. Uh, they also blocked the entrance of the New York Stock Exchange and Wall Street. Now, police eventually made arrests at the bridges. They reopened the roadway and the organizer boasted about the success in another press release. Uh, and uh, they had a number of demands that they wanted. Number one, the immediate and permanent ceasefire. Number two, lift the siege on Gaza. Number three, free all Palestinian prisoners. Number four, end the occupation. And number five, end USAID to Israel. You would think that if these people really wanted any of these things, they would put the pressure where it would actually do something. And it's not going to be on the people of New York City. All this is doing is making the people of New York City hate these idiots even more than they already do. Uh, just as much as they are hating Joe Biden for allowing unrestricted illegal alien migration to come into their borders. Now, the Mexican president, he's knows uh, 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 he smells an opportunity. OK, he's demanding that Joe Biden grant at least 10 million Hispanics legal status in the United States and give them 20 billion dollars 
to all these Latin American countries in exchange for assistance on the U.S. border. Now, uh, obviously, this would have major consequences. He is asking Mexican President Lopez Obrador for assistance in curbing the invasion of illegals that are coming across the border. And since we've had over 10 million illegals that they know about that have come across the border, that's where Lopez Obrador is getting that number. Uh, if he is to in a move give those people the right to vote or give them some sort of legal status here in the United States, it could be potentially disastrous. According to Fox News, that $20 billion would be used to help secure the U.S. border. Well, why do we have to do that? We already had the freaking wall paid for and the pieces sitting there. Uh, AOC, she's got the same idea. She wants to stop illegal immigration by just making it not illegal anymore. This is something that you might expect to see on Saturday Night Live, but she actually said it on The Daily Show. Hello, everybody. Crooked Joe Biden, as you probably have heard, is trying to weaponize government, and he's done it. Like From all parts of the political spectrum, one of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to immigration is the fact that we have an undocumented population. Mm -hmm. Now, you can fix that by trying to build a wall, or you can fix that by trying to document people and create a path to citizenship. Pardon my language, but fucking moron. There is a path to citizenship. There is a path to documentation. But you have to come to this country legally in order to do it. You have to follow the rules of America, the laws that are already in place, made by idiots just like you, Alexandria. People just like you who made the laws already set up that path to legalization, already set up that path to documentation. The reason we have this problem in America is because Joe Biden and your ilk, AOC, have abdicated their responsibility to keep America safe and uphold the laws that you passed. Unrestricted illegal aliens coming across the border millions at a time is a problem that was very easy to deal with and it never had to happen in the first place. So now because it's happened, the people of America see you. They see right through you and they know exactly the type of person you are. You're a communist. You want to destroy America. Easiest way to destroy America is to destroy the laws that govern her. And that's exactly what you and your folks have done. And so that's why come November, we're going to replace you and every other person like you, not only in elected government, but in the unelected bureaucrats of the deep state as well. This woman in New York, my God, she said the quiet part out loud. She said, I need more people in my district just for redistricting purposes. She wants to take more power. She is a U.S. representative, a New York New York Dem representative, uh, and she said, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. We have a diaspora that can absorb a significant number of these migrants. Really? Uh, talk to the people of Brooklyn and, and ask them what they think. You want more people there who are guaranteed to vote for you, but that's not going to do anything for the people who already voted for you or who are now thinking about voting for somebody else. She said, when I hear my colleagues talk about the doors of the inn being closed, no room at the inn, I'm saying I need more people in my district just for redistricting purposes, and those members could clearly fit here. Absolutely ridiculous. AOC and her Democratic colleagues have willfully destroyed 
the fabric of this country by allowing these people into this nation and absolutely doing nothing about it. I'll tell you what the solution is. Mass deportations, flights back to their home countries, put them on a train, put them on a bus, put them on a boat. I don't care, but the inn is closed. There's no room here. They can't take care of the citizens of this country. They certainly can't take care of the citizens of other countries as well. All right, you guys, let's go ahead and uh, take a look over here. Uh, Lieutenant Cooker says there is no accidents or coincidences. No, I don't think there are either. I think that all of these things are carefully crafted to push America in the direction that we need to go. That is demanding law and order. That is demanding reformation of the system. And yes, it is difficult. There are times where it hurts more than others, and there are specific instances that hurt people individually, probably more than others. But at the end of the day, this is all going to go towards the great plan of remaking America and restoring her, making America great again. Thank you so much to Willie Brakett. He says, great report, RP. Thanks. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Liberty Bells says, thank you for a great show as always. Goodbye. God bless you. Sorry, not goodbye. God bless you as well. All right, you guys. Uh, I think that's it. I'd hate to have a mixed drink from AOC. <laughs> I think that maybe making a mixed drink is the only thing that she's competent at. I never heard anybody complaining about her bartending skills. All right, you guys, before we end the show today, we are going to go ahead and watch that final video that I had pulled up, uh, which is President Trump's campaign ad, which came out this past weekend. It's really good and uh, gave me a lot of hope, and it truthfully... Oh, great. And, of course, it's not going to work again. Uh, well, they are actively blocking me from being able to show you this video, and it's really starting to anger me. Hang on. We're going to try this one more time. Okay. Okay. I got it to work. I got it to work. Here we go. Let's go ahead and watch it, you guys. And this will be a great way to send us off. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer. Not an easy answer, but simple. If you and I have the courage to tell our elected officials that we want our national policy based on what we know in our hearts is morally right, We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.
So good. Absolutely a beautiful, beautiful video and dead on in terms of its rendition of exactly what has happened, what President Trump has been through, what needs to happen for us to be able to successfully take this country back. Now, I want everyone here to think about the actions of President Trump. And not only President Trump, but the people around him, okay? And, and the things that we are paying attention to, watching, waiting, trying to understand what people's motivations are. And sometimes the words that come out of people's mouths don't necessarily represent the true nature of their feelings or what's really happening. There is something that's very simple and yet seems to be very difficult for certain people to be able to grasp. And that's called plausible deniability. There is operational security at stake here. And in order for certain plans to go certain ways, various elements of this giant machine that's we're currently operating, trying to take back our country, it has to move in a certain direction. And certain people have... A certain part to play. Others have another part to play. And just because somebody blows smoke up your ass doesn't mean they're your friend. And just because somebody says something doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly what they are truly trying to represent. There are a lot of not very good people out there who are simply telling you what you want to hear on any given basis. On any given day, 
because they know that they can manipulate your emotions. They can manipulate your hopes, your dreams, and they want to funnel you into certain columns of easily identifiable and easy to manipulate areas. And it's up to you to be able to discern who's trying to do that, who's actually got the best mission methods, uh, the, 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 the real meat and potatoes of what's happening here. I take a look at who President Trump has historically had relationships with and what those people are actively doing behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. Okay, and then I look at the people who are trying to manipulate what those people are doing. The ones who manipulate are the ones that I don't bother paying any attention to. The other ones that we end up talking about here on this program, those are the people that I actively trust. President Trump has a job to do, and the people working for President Trump have their own job to do. And sometimes it's necessary because of all the attention that's being paid to what they do, what they say, who they hang out with. It's necessary to present one face while at the same time operating with another in the background. If anybody here knows anything about spycraft, well, then that should be plainly obvious to you. Operators, man. We got operators all over. Some of those operators are working for President Trump. Some of those operators are working against President Trump. And I hope that by now, you guys have the discernment to be able to figure out who's who. Because I can't do it for you. All right. I love you. Thank you for being here. I hope to see you guys tonight on Baseless Conspiracies at 1030 on Badlands Media. If you don't show up there, then maybe I'll see you tomorrow here on Red Pill 78 at 5 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Red Pill News. Until that time, good luck and God bless. And actually, hold on. There's one more thank you to give. T. Sevy says, Zach, I believe he retruthed the video. He posted it on truth. And so, yes, I don't know if he actually made it or if somebody else made it for him, but he posted the video in its raw form on his truth social account. Uh, and someone else made it. Other way, got chills. Video tells me he'll have the last laugh and bring justice to these people. Yes, absolutely. Whether or not President Trump made it with his own hand, it's the sentiment that counts. President Trump wanted that video and all of the messaging in it to be seen by you to help you get ready because November, we're taking this country back. MAGA.